morning, everyone, again. <laughs> I just want to thank everyone here for the honor and the privilege that I uh, get to share this message with you this morning. <clears throat> we'll start with a couple of funny stories from the Graham household. Ruth Graham journals in her book, Blessings for a Mother's Day, and she gives a picture of what a frantic morning looks like in their home. She starts by saying, it had been one of those hectic nights and I had overslept. Without fixing my hair or pausing for makeup, I hurriedly pulled on my bathrobe, lifted Franklin out of his bed without bothering to change him and put him in the high chair. I proceeded to set the table for the children so they won't be late for school. And that morning, every time Virginia opened her mouth to say something, little Ruth interrupted. And finally, in exasperation, Virginia slammed down her fork. Mother, she explained, between listening to Ruth and smelling Franklin and looking at you, I'm not hungry. Have any of you had a morning like that? Another journal entry, and this one on teaching the Bible. There were indignant wails from the household uh, in the kitchen from the Graham home. And Ruth, age three, was holding her hand to her cheek and eyeing Anne reproachfully. What on earth is the matter? Mummy, replied five-year-old Anne patiently, I'm teaching Ruth about the Bible. I'm slapping her on one cheek and teaching her to turn the other cheek so I can slap it too. Now, is that a hands-on approach to Bible learning? It truly is an honor to become a mother. It's a role unlike any other. There are days that Ruth Graham confesses, I feel like I'm not being a very good mother. All kidding aside, we too as mothers may have had some of those same thoughts. Before I became a believer in the Lord Jesus, I recall thinking I could be a way better mother if I had way better kids. And I believe that without a doubt. Many of Ruth Graham's journal entries were prayers, whereby committing herself to the Lord and entrusting their children, hers and Billy's, to God. And that's the title of the message today, Entrusting Our Children to the Lord. One of the greatest gifts that we can give our children as a mother, as a parent, is to entrust our children to the Lord. We're fully aware that as hard as we try, no mom is perfect. And thankfully, God in his grace is greater than our mess ups. And that brings comfort to my soul. And I hope it does to yours too. In Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, will we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It's likely that many of our moms with us here today, by the grace of God, have been doing just that and have witnessed a harvest in the lives of their own children. We, the Proctor family, came to Unionville Alliance Church on September 11th, 1994. And before that time, we never attended church as a family other than to attend our nieces and nephews' baby christenings. And it was at these events that I would ask, is this what God wants for our own children, mine and Ron's? In other words, is the very act of christening your baby a confirmed 
ticket to heaven when we pass away. Like all of you moms here, I wanted the very best for Emily and Nathan. And when I look back, I realized I was seeking after God. Our son Nathan struggled in school and I so desired to help him. During his grade one year, I began going into the classroom once a week to be part of his learning and to glean from his teacher as how Ron and I could best help him in his day to day. Nathan's teacher, Mrs. Buck, was the teacher every parent wanted for their child. She loved children. You felt a trust that she wanted the best school experience for each child. There came a beautiful day at the end of May, 1994, in the schoolyard after morning recess, not planned by Mrs. Buck's regular routine. She gave the children sidewalk chalk, freeing her up to speak with me. What she said to me was so simple. I've always taken my burdens for my children to God. And my response was, you can do that? Do you think that God really cares for Nathan? And she replied, yes, he does. And I began saying repeatedly, I want to be that person that takes my burdens about my children to God. I want to be that person that takes my burdens about my children to God. Right there on the schoolyard, my eyes began to weep. A hardness was leaving my heart and my soul, and a softness was being poured in. In Ezekiel 36, 26, God says, I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the heart of stone from your body and place it with a heart that is God-willed, not self-willed. And from that moment on, I became a child of God. It was black and white, no turning back. There was a radical change in me. My husband, Ron, began finding me very strange. Like, who is this person? God, in his holiness, used Nathan's grade one teacher and my motherhood to change the direction and course of the lives of our family. It is because I am a mother that I know Jesus. And that summer, I joined a neighborhood group that was doing a study from Neil Anderson's Bondage Breaker, and I had no idea of the freedom that we have in Jesus because of God's word. This study also affirmed for me, there really is a devil, an evil force, and a spiritual realm. In some ways, that was a whole new concept for me. I was certain of this, 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he has become new. The old has gone. And this verse in Matthew 27, 51, and behold, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom, interpreting the tearing at the death of Jesus. I too literally experienced a veil that came off my face. I could see far better in the day to day. Clearer images, wider eyesights, I was spiritually alive, the shackles had gone. My salvation was a free gift. 
I did nothing to earn it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for the, by the grace of God, you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I came to understand why my Aunt Lynn prayed so earnestly for our family's salvation. And unbeknownst to me, there was a group of praying mothers from our public school that prayed for unbelieving homes in the neighborhood. And by the grace of God, the Proctor family was selected as one of these homes. Soon after, we called UAC our church home. The Allguire family, now some of you may remember them, welcomed us to their home for lunch. And I recall thinking, who are they? Who are we, actually, that they would be so kind? They were the loving arms of Jesus to us, and their family had a great impact on our faith. And we valued their, our newfound friendships I soon began volunteering in the children's department. My staff placement began in September 1999, becoming pastor of children's ministries in 2008 to December 2020. As a mother and children's worker, God passioned my heart with a joy and hope that would, children would come to know the saving grace of Jesus trusting in salvation and entering into a relationship with the risen Christ. Entrusting our children to God became of utmost significance. Experiencing my new relationship with Jesus was something I wanted for my family and for our UAC families. I discovered in the schoolyard that God has a very special place in his heart for children and of course, we want to communicate that to our kids. And as we look at mothers of the Bible who have intentionally entrusted their children to the Lord, we see that God honors us moms, us parents, who put our faith for our children in his trusting hands. God desires salvation for our children. In 1 Samuel 2, we learn of Hannah, a woman of great distress, because her womb was closed and she could not bear children. In those days, a woman's self-worth was based on her ability to produce an heir. To address Hannah's distress, Mother's Day, for some of us, can be a rough day, filled with heartache, grief, and a reminder of what was lost or never was. Hannah's self-worth was based on her ability to produce a child. But if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your self-worth and identity is secure in the person of Christ who loves you just the way you are. You don't have to clean up or try to be perfect to come into his presence. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Hannah goes to the temple at Shiloh to pray for a son. She weeps loudly and bitterly, pouring her heart out to God. And God does answer her prayers, and she bears Samuel. And once Samuel is weaned, Hannah is faithful and trusting Samuel to God, giving him up to serve permanently in the temple. Young Samuel is called by God at an early age. 
received salvation and prevailed, growing to be the last judge and military leader of Israel at a time when the nation was corrupt. As God was actively pursuing Samuel's heart, so he's pursuing the hearts of our children too. 1 Timothy 2.4 declares that God's heart is for everyone to come to salvation. The Lord loves our children more than we ever could. He wants our children to know him and to know his truth. Perhaps you've been praying for a long time for your child to come to know the Lord. 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some understand slowness. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We can be rest assured that God never gives up on our kids. God desires health and safety for our children. Now, we see an example of this through our You Protect policy here at UAC. You protect aligns with health and safety for our children when they're in our care. In the second chapter of Exodus, God provided health and safety for baby Moses. Jochebed was heartbroken when Pharaoh had ordered all the firstborn male babies to be killed because Israelite babies were so numerous. Pharaoh feared the Israelite slaves would revolt against him. And so he ordered a terrible punishment. Moses' mom, Jochebed, also mother to Miriam and Aaron, and praised for her faith in God, hid Moses for three months. And when she could hide him no longer, she continued to courageously entrust her newborn with a plan that would lead to his survival. God answered prayers as Moses narrowly escapes death by being rescued by one of Pharaoh's daughters. She retrieves Moses securely in his reed basket on the Nile River and becomes his adoptive mother, raising him as her own in the royal palace while Jochebed conveniently continues to nurse her own baby. Later in life, Moses becomes a prophet, speaking for God under divine guidance. He's referred to as God's friend Speaking with God face to face, God uses him to free the Israelites from slavery and commissions him to be the leader of the Israelites. We sing this song in children's ministries from 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and your cares to God because he cares about you. We all know that protecting our children from harm is an impossible feat. Surrendering them and entrusting them to God is the healthiest way to let go, knowing that God gives us a peace and that their future in his and their future can be in his loving and caring hands. While the transition can be incredibly difficult in some ways, isn't it a relief to know that we are not in control? It's reassuring that Almighty God will receive our worries and our cares about our kids. He will carry our concerns for us and is trustworthy to handle them in a way that he knows best. The Lord cares deeply about the birds, the lilies, the grass, 
Oh, and he cares for our children so much more. As mothers, as parents, there can be such intense emotions, feeling of joy, pain, delight, and worry as our children begin to leave the nest. For some of us, sending our little one off to kindergarten can be a difficult first step. University brings on apprehension, and then entrusting them to events like overseas travel or missions trips can be a huge undertaking in trust. We pray diligently for protection, for safety, security over our children, but there are no guarantees. Isaiah 55.9 reminds us that as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, says the Lord. Maybe some of you, like myself, I found my whole identity was tied in my children. And when they left, I was grieved and I mourned. And God gave me solace and direction to rediscover myself. God desires spiritual mentorship for our children. Even one parent entrusting their children to the Lord can have an enormous impact. In Acts 16, Grandmother Lois and Mother Eunice made a difference in the life of Timothy. Eunice chose to raise Timothy in the way he should go and grow by teaching him the Bible and living for Christ. Eunice affirms God's plan that parents are the primary disciplers of their children. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers and mothers do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Regarding mentorship, Paul was a steadfast mentor in the life of Timothy. He had high regard and respect for Timothy's potential and proudly refers to him as his spiritual son. Through missionary journeys, Paul's confidence grew in Timothy and he sent Timothy to be an encourager to the Corinthians and the Thessalonians. Timothy took on the role of pastor in Ephesus, one of the biggest churches in biblical times as Paul was convinced that it was worth his time and effort to mentor Timothy, so we too witness and believe it is worth the time and effort here at UAC. The pastoral team, Daniel Mills, our previous pastor, Will Peaver, and Allison Alvarez are firm examples of diligent mentors devoting themselves to discovering the unique gifts talents and purpose of our children, youth, and young adults. Along also with our volunteers who are mentors, taking time to form authentic relationships with those they instruct. And to mention a few, we are thankful to Terry with Tech, Reese and Naomi with our youth, Dawn, Cheryl, and Keisha, who are spiritual mentors to many, our elders and life groups leaders who all commit themselves to encouraging those in their care 
and making their, uh, sorry, our life group leaders who all can commit themselves to encouraging those in their care and those in their areas of ministry successful and their well-being a priority. When we as parents partner with our church, our young people have the opportunity to be spiritually mentored. What, what we are teaching our kids at home. However, God never intended these ministries to be a replacement for the parents' critical responsibility and role in your child's spiritual formation. I had a young girl come up to me last summer and tell me how excited she was about going to Kids Capers. A big part of her excitement, however, was that she was getting to stay at her Uncle Dawn's and Auntie Cheryl's home. Perhaps you're a woman who is a source of nurture, offering support in guiding and praying for the life of a child. You've been a blessing in your own right. As Cheryl is to Sadna, you too have been a woman of positive influence and have made a loving, beneficial impact. God desires growth for our children in the way of wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Mary was a mother who pondered and treasured the things of her son Jesus in her heart. One example, when she and Joseph found him missing and discovered him in the temple doing his father's business. Do you find yourself as a mom pondering and treasuring events of your own children in your heart? You are a mom who has found favor with God, as Mary has. But let us ponder on Mary at the foot of the cross, entrusting Jesus to the will of God, watching her son die the most horrific death. Surely, the pain she would have felt would have engulfed her entire being. But she entrusted firmly in God the Father during her immensely motherly pain and knew what had to be done. Jesus alone paid the penalty for our wrongdoing. Because of his finished work on the cross and acknowledging how thankful we are that Jesus is fully man and fully God, only he achieved perfection. Sinless his entire life, died and rose again so that we could be forgiven from our sins and be reconciled with God the Father. Because of this sacrifice, we can hold out bold and passionate hope for our children that they would grow as it describes in Luke 2.52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Our homes are to be the ideal environment for these four types of growth that take place. We observe and obey God's commands, plus we bring glory to God when we are vigilant in developing each need in our children's lives. Deuteronomy 11:19. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. I'm so thankful that children love to chat. Growing in wisdom. Wisdom is applied knowledge. And during Jesus's time on earth, I believe he gained earthly knowledge. James 3.13. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. 
what an example on how we should live our lives for our children and for our grandchildren. We all understand that teaching kids is not just taught, but also caught. Parents are to be living role models for Christ. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Jesus modeled this as he had continued awareness, reverence, and commitment to his Father. We are and must be committed to the heart, passion, and commandments of the Lord, teaching our children and their children's children in the prayers and hopes that the next generation will not depart from God. Growing in stature. Physical growth, we all know, it's important to take care of our bodies to do the work of the Lord. Our bodies are important to God. They're holy. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, God calls them his temple. And here I'm reminded about teaching our children about sexual purity and all that that entails. It can be an intimidating topic, but we have the awesome responsibility to teach our children a healthy respect and appreciation for the gift of sexuality while learning about how God designed our bodies. Beginning at an early age um, makes it less awkward as your child progresses into the teen years. I appreciate the great books and resources designed for parents and children beginning as young as toddlers by organizations such as Focus on the Family. Growing in favor with God. Jesus knew the importance of spending each day in the scriptures and rising early to spend time with his Father. Col Colossians 1, 9 to 14. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Parenting, as most of us know, it's a joy. And learning and acting on these scripture verses with our kids can guide our children in their true potential. Are we as moms? Are we as parents excited about what God's doing in our own lives, sharing our personal stories with our kids about God's transforming love can help plant seeds, giving our kids hope to grow in their faith and love for the gospel, growing in favor with man. Jesus is our example to the universe. He built meaningful relationships was graceful, merciful, and served others by laying down his life. Ephesians 4, 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion, as it may, as it may give grace 
to those who hear. In order to live out this behavior, it takes the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. I don't believe we can do it on our own. God wants our children to be his godly children, not just good kids, children that understand the gospel, the power of God to change even a young child's heart, mind, and soul. Thanks to Ella for coming up and reading this scripture earlier at the service, Proverbs 31, 26 to 29. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. What a blessed verse for us women today. Most of us have a profound appreciation of our own mothers who have had a persistent and pervasive loving impact on our lives. Motherhood is highly valued in the vast majority of our homes and families, communities, and society as a whole. Despite all of my weaknesses and frailties, God gave me the privilege and great responsibility to be a mom to two amazing children who have shaped and brought honor to my life. Thanks, Emily and Nathan. This is my Nathan. <laughs>